Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. 
Our website is www.thesecretteachings.info where you can find our full show archive, montages, and my books and more. The network website is thefringe.fm. Social media, facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings. And if you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. And I wanted to let everybody know that when you see the promotional picture for the show, it is exactly what I just said it is. It's a promotional picture for the show. A lot of times, some listeners feel as if that picture is just some graphic I made for fun as a meme to share on the internet, and they don't look at the the information that goes alongside of it. Every single show, Monday through Friday, has its own promotional picture, and it has the name of the show in it. I think that's obvious for like 99% of listeners. But I want to address that, as I just did, simply because I've opened the door for listeners to contact me through the email at rdgable at yahoo.com and to potentially come on the show as a guest in small segments on upcoming broadcasts. And I'm not sure how I'm going to screen that process or how I'm going to carry that out. I'm working on it, but I've got some listeners who have emailed me. And basically, if you want to come on the show like this, you've been a listener for a long time or a short time, I need a brief introduction of, of what you would like to talk about, not just sporadic notes and scribbles on a piece of paper. I need like something solid. So if you go look at our promo picture on Facebook, if you have Facebook, every single picture above it where it has the show information, it's basically a template I post every single night on the Secret Teachings page, the Fringe FM page, and my personal Ryan Gable page. And you'll see it has like a little introduction to the show, what the show's going to be about, and some of the topics that we're going to discuss. So, for example, last night, if you looked at our promotional picture, the name of last night's show was Invasive Species, Dimensional Incursion. And it starts out like this. Religion provides many with moral codes and purpose, while atheists often derive purpose from a rejection of all that is moral and good. Our faith in a higher power, or our rejection thereof, has been studied by intelligences not from this world. And then it proceeds to explain what the rest of the show will be about. So if you kind of copy that and write maybe eight, nine sentences, a paragraph or two, and shoot that over to me, rdgable at yahoo.com, I'll look it over and we'll look about uh, we'll look look into having uh, you know a couple of segments with some listeners. I don't do calls anymore. I just can't do it. I can't do calls. I can't really deal with the chat room. This show has evolved into something a little bit different than a lot of radio shows over the years, not just for the content and the analysis, but in the way that the presentation is made. I, I understand. I mean, as a listener, I like to interact with with. Uh, radio hosts, but most radio shows I listen to, I just, I listen for content. And yeah, there's entertainment value, but I listen for content. And so I create just like a writer, a writer writes what they know. I, I talk what I know. I do a show like I know. I put together a show that's more of a presentation, more so than a community event. That doesn't mean I don't like the community. It just means that this is how I do a presentation, but I want to incorporate listeners as best as I can into the show, and that's why I've kind of opened up in that way with the uh, with the email 
email us, and then we'll try to set something up for the show. We've taken listener requests for years. We've done listener request shows. We used to take calls, you know, and, and a lot of callers are really great, but I, I don't want to waste 10 minutes of my show with someone calling in and saying, oh, well, I was just, this guy used to call and he used to say, I'm listening. And I said, okay, would you, did you have any comments? No, I'm just listening. I said, well, you can listen. You don't have to call in to listen. You, you know, well, there's a call-in line to listen. I said, yeah, this is the show line. There's a call-in line on the network, or just go to the network and click the play button. You know, so I, I understand tech people aren't necessarily technically inclined, and it's confusing. Confusing. So, I, I don't like to waste any time unless I'm really trying to explain something, as I am right now. I have, I couldn't find it last night, but I have in front of me a copy of the 1947 July 8th flying roll memorandum that has been declassified it's from San Diego and it was about the interdimensional craft and the creatures this was the week of Roswell the interdimensional craft and the creatures that came to our planet but not from another quote unquote planet as we use the word as per what the memorandum says they say they came from an etheric planet which interpenetrates with our own and is not perceptible to us. In other words, they come from another dimension. I was on the Kev Baker show yesterday on Truth Frequency Radio, and I just, I'm just talking to Kev Baker, really great radio host, good guy, good friend, and I, I just started thinking, oh, you know, maybe the whole idea of Roswell was not necessarily to cover up aliens or to cover up even Axis technology being experimented with by the Allies. Maybe it was to cause confusion, which later would be used, you know, during the Cold War to perhaps cover up the testing of spy planes, exotic craft. But perhaps it's been used to create this idea that aliens, sure, they're real, but that they come from other planets, when in reality they actually come from other dimensions. Maybe it's a combination of all that. And see, when I say that, and I said it on the Kev Baker show, I know that there are always there are always sleuths who have their own bias and their own subjective view, and they come after you and they say, yeah, but if that's true, then that can't be true. If that's true, that can't be true. It's like, okay, I don't really care to present an idea or a theory and then defend it. I know that might seem contrary to the average person, and that might seem strange for a radio host who speaks so passionately as I, I, I try to speak passionately because I have passion for all of these topics we discuss. I just don't like to support, defend, or really present something that, that, that like I, I need you to believe. I want you to believe. You know, I, I don't really care if you believe it or not. Last night was a radio show. And it was a good radio show, and it was a good topic. We tied together sixth-generation technology and the Eric Davis reports, and we tied together this memorandum from the 40s that I have a copy of right here. And we looked at the idea that perhaps there are interdimensional beings that have taken possession of human beings. This is not a new idea, but that... Perhaps they have used our faith and our theology and our mythology against us in the creation of large corporations and the symbolism of Google and Apple and Alphabet, which is the Google company now, uh, companies like Amazon, 
companies like Windows, Windows they see into your soul, the omnipresence of God. Apple is the Garden of Eden, poisoned apple, fall into matter, Microsoft, the window. You know, the old Microsoft logo used to look like a maze. You look at uh, Amazon A to Z, Amazon A to Z, Alpha to Omega. And then these beans also play the devil because, you know, you have your contact tracing bills that are 6666 and you have your patents for microchips that are 666. So I'm just talking about this last night and I'm not trying to convince you of something. I know that might be hard to believe. I'm not trying to convince you. I don't support political candidates, but I'm not opposed to you supporting them. I don't support religions and I'm not an atheist. I'm just a presenter of information. And although I speak passionately and I do indeed believe in a lot of what I speak, I don't take too kindly to people levying a charge against me that you need to prove what you're saying because that's not what other people believe. I don't care to prove it, buddy. Don't really care to prove it. Somebody accused me of that last night. You need to prove what you're saying. I don't really care to prove it. Well, then we don't have to listen to you. No, you don't have to listen to me. I'm just a radio host. I'm just presenting information. Somebody said something else to me today about You know, today is the anniversary of the dropping of an atomic bomb on Hiroshima, August 6, 1945, a uranium bomb called the Little Boy. The Fat Man plutonium bomb was dropped on Nagasaki on the 9th of August, 1945. And of course, you know, your standard propaganda and patriotism and history will tell you that these were the first bombs ever detonated on a civilian population. But if I say, well, I think perhaps there were atomic bombs detonated before that, you're accused of being a lot of different things. You're accused of, you, you must be an ancient alien theorist. Well, I don't know where, I don't, why, why does there have to be a, a label applied to everything? It's just like, no, I have looked. In fact, I was in a, uh, I was in a talk with Jim Mars when I first saw the, the paperwork for this, it was a private workshop with Jim Mars, and he invited me to come in and sit down, and I was in this front row, and I'm watching, and I, I had not seen the actual paper for this before, but Jim Mars was putting it up on screen. He said, this is a feasibility study on the feasibility of the German Air Force, the Luftwaffe, dropping an atomic bomb and detonating that atomic bomb over Manhattan, and the kiloton range of this atomic bomb was approximately the same as the little boy bomb dropped on Hiroshima on August 6th of 1945. And it is a documented fact that in 1944, a whole year before this, a series of uh, J-390 planes that, that had been constructed and they had been stationed in Bordeaux, France, a Ju-390, a Junker 390, flew within 12 miles of New York, took photographs, and returned back to base. So the Germans were ready to drop a bomb on Manhattan. And somebody today told me, you need to prove that. How do I know you didn't just make up that, that feasibility study yourself? And you, he, he said you photoshopped it. 
you need to prove it to me. And it's like, I don't, one, I don't have time to prove it to you. Two, I, I don't care to prove it to you. I don't care what you believe because I'm, I'm not even somebody who thinks that this is now official history. You know, if I was showing my son this, who I, I, I have a little bias, I hope he enjoys history as much as I do. I'm not going to tell him, like, this is history and anything to the contrary is wrong, son. It's just like, no, when your teachers tell you that the first atomic bomb was detonated at White Sands, I, I don't agree with that. I think the first atomic bomb in the modern age was probably detonated somewhere in Europe. And there are pilots who testify to that. There are a lot of pilots who have testified to that. It's actually something that's not too uh, difficult to find online, the, uh, the references to this information. There's a German pilot named Hans Zinser, who was a flak rocket expert, who was flying a Heinkel bomber over northern Germany in October of 1944, a little bit before August 6th, 1945. And he talks about seeing the whole atmosphere lit up. He saw, uh, saw an enormous shock wave, a cloud shaped, in his words, like a mushroom. And that it disturbed his electrical equipment and radio communications et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is in the National Archives in the United States. And there's an Italian correspondent, Luigi Romersa, who observed the test of what was called to the Germans. He said, well, they didn't create an atomic bomb. No, they didn't. They actually had an atomic bomb program that was not as classified as our Manhattan Project in the United States, and they called it a disintegration bomb. A disintegration bomb, not an atomic bomb. And Luigi Romersa claims to have seen this in 1944 in October when he was granted a pass by high German command to witness the test. And then, of course, there's a 1944 report declassified by the NSA in 1978 with the headline reports on the, uh, the atom-splitting bomb. And it talks about in 1943, the German army tried out an utterly new type of weapon against the Russians, end quote, quote unquote. In other words, the Germans had tested nuclear weapons on the Russians. Now, see, you think, well, they tested those bombs. So you're saying that why didn't they just use them on the United States? Well, maybe they didn't perfect it. Maybe they were using that bomb to trigger something else, as some theorists have proposed, that it was actually just a side project for some much bigger uh, bomb. Kind of like the Russians later detonated the Tsar bomb where the epicenter of this bomb, ground zero, wasn't like a couple yards. The ground zero of this thing was like miles. Like the ground zero, I think, would have been the entire city of Paris. That's how big it was, the Tsar bomb. It reached, the mushroom cloud reached almost into space. There's video of this. You know, nobody ever tells you about the Tsar bomba. Nobody ever tells you that the Germans had developed an atomic bomb. It's in the National Archives, the U.S., Intelligence agencies in the military were very disturbed by this. I'm sure British intelligence, they have stuff in their archives as well in other countries. And why wouldn't you be disturbed? And then it turns out, you know, I'm sitting in this, this little group with Jim Mars, and he's presenting this to people. And, you know, Jim Mars is an older guy. And you got old and young alike hurling insults at him and walking out of the room. It's like, dude... What is the problem? It's history, okay? It's information. Maybe it's right, maybe it's not right. But you can't reject this and then hold on to your beliefs and think that you're being unbiased and demand that others adhere to what 
you believe. No, you prove to me what you're presenting. Having done diligent research and pulled new information out of the ether of history, you prove it to me. Well, I am proving it to you. How about you prove to me what has been pounded into your head that it's correct? And if you want to argue about it, I'm not interested in arguing. I know that irritates people. I'm not interested in arguing about things that I don't care to prove one way or another. If you try to force me to wear a mask, yeah, I'll argue over the science of it because I've read the science. If you try to argue that the Germans didn't develop an atomic bomb, I don't really care. doesn't really bother me. But I will direct you to the Washington Post in June of 1945 where it talks about the 21st Army Group headquarters, June 28th, Associated Press, the Royal Air Force officers finding massive bombers with a 7,000-mile range that were ready to go on a mission to drop something on Manhattan. I highly doubt the Germans were getting ready to drop a couple of, uh, couple of, couple of small bombs on Manhattan. You know, they weren't going to launch a blitzkrieg on Manhattan with these enormous bombers that had the ability to fly across the Atlantic Ocean and back. I highly doubt they were going to drop some tiny little firecrackers. They were going to drop the big guy. Well, maybe not so much the big guy. They were going to drop the little boy. And then that was later traded to uh, the Americans toward the end of the war, and then it was dropped on Japan. Even Oppenheimer said that the bomb dropped on Japan was of, quote, German provenance, meaning that that's where it originated. The bomb originated in Germany. Oppenheimer said it himself. If you want to have conflict over this. I don't really care. I'm not trying to prove it. And I'm not trying to disprove what you believe. It's just information. And that's what makes this show. And I know it. It's not ego. So important in the world of radio, because I'm not trying to convince you or persuade you to vote a certain way or to donate to this cause or to believe in this religion or this faith or ideology. I'm not telling you to be a part of the collective. I'm not virtue signaling to you. I'm just a guy who all I do when I'm not on radio, I like to read. I like to cook. I like to watch a movie. I'm just a guy. I like to take a walk. I like to hang out with my son. I'm just a guy. And I learn things and I want to share it with you. And then people have an issue with it. That's their problem. That's not mine. And the same goes for you. When other people have a problem with what you say or what you believe, that's their problem, not yours. And that doesn't mean that you have clearance to believe whatever you want and then use the same argument. You have to have a moral standard for yourself and say, okay, well, look, I'm not really supporting this or not supporting it. I'm just presenting it to you. And if you don't like it, then you don't have to accept it. I mean, if you want to have a discussion that's polite, I'll have a discussion, but I really don't have any energy nor concern to prove something to you one way or another. It's just like, oh, look, the Germans were going to bomb Manhattan. How dare you? I don't really care what you think, okay? It's just history, and if you don't like it, you know, don't kill the messenger. Check this out. This is really important. Uh, Dr. Kaufman, when he was on the show, I know some people don't like Dr. Kaufman, but when he was on the show, he mentioned to me this uh, study by John P.A.I.Anodis, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, why most published research findings are false. And it talks about how a lot of science is false. And uh, when you couple that with a show we did a couple of uh, weeks ago about propaganda, you can just go to any, any university. Uh, I pulled up George Washington University, and you can just pull up uh, courses on public relations and propaganda techniques. 
and you can just look at the standard propaganda techniques. They're basically fallacies, like you know your bandwagon and your loaded words and your uh, unreliable testimonial and snob appeal and vague uh, vague terms, bandwagon things like this. All these all these are different ways to manipulate people, and this is just standard advertising and marketing. And this takes us, of course, to an understanding of human perception that is molded and manipulated and changed on the altar of public opinion that is that is generated by those with special interests. Once again, kind of like the German atomic bomb program, the special interests don't want you to know about this. There might be others who think that, oh, everything, every atomic bomb was a result of the Germans. The Americans didn't do anything. I, I, it doesn't really, it's just like when I tell you 11 of the 12 scientists that, in, that created, that built the bomb were Jews. Oh, you're an anti-Semite. Well, no, it's just a fact. I, I don't care. And I think the 12th guy, his wife was Jewish. So basically, everybody involved in building the bomb were Jewish. Doesn't really mean one way or another, one thing or another. It's just a, it's just a fact. It's like, well, what are you implying by that? Are you, I'm, I'm implying that I, I didn't think Jews could build stuff, but apparently they could. Apparently they're coordinated enough to to <laughs> to split the atom. I, what does it matter? Why did, why did, why are we so concerned about crap like this? I just want to learn about history. Wherever it takes me, it takes me. You know, August 9th, the Fat Man bomb was dropped on August Saki. Speaking of fat people. That was a horrible segue. <laughs> Speaking of fat people, by the way, CNN has released a story uh, that the obesity epidemic could undermine the effectiveness of a COVID-19 vaccine. Now, whether or not, once again, you are partial to the theories of viruses or pathogens or whatever... The reality is, whether you believe in those things or you don't believe in those things, wherever the science takes you or doesn't take you, the fact is, if you're obese, if you're overweight, if you have chronic inflammation, if you have diabetes, if you have all of these health problems, much of which is totally preventable, at least 40% is preventable, then you're going to always be sick or on the verge of being sick because your body is taxed. Like if you had really old tires on your car or you haven't replaced, you know, you haven't replaced the oil in the car, it's going to break down at some point. And the body, likewise, is going to break down at some point. And vaccines are irrelevant. Vaccines are just going to make you sicker. People that are obese and have these problems, they're, just, they're, they're already sick. So if you have 107 million Americans are obese to morbidly obese. That is like, what? what is that, one-third of the country? That's a pandemic. And I've been saying it since the beginning, that's a pandemic. But in that case, you can't just take a pill or a shot or put on a mask and get rid of it. But you can take a mask off and you can shove donuts into your face. I know, I know, Ryan's being mean. Fat people are people too. Sure, I used to be one. I'm not making fun of you. But again, reality is reality. If you're obese, you're unhealthy, period. I don't care what Coca-Cola tells you. I don't care what giant, enormous feminists tell you. It's a reality. And I don't care to argue it one way or another. It's just a fact. You know, there, there are two biological genders. Gender is biology and science. Race is a construct of, of, of society and culture. We're all part of the human race. But there are male and female in every aspect of nature. 
you feel like you're something different, okay, I don't hate you. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this right here on The Fringe FM. Check out our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. I believe we have a co-host coming up. Mike D. should be joining us again twice in the same week. Mike D. right here on The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. And you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on Tee Public by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Hey guys, it's Giorgio Tsoukalos from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings. And you are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Ryan Gable, 
and this is the secret teachings on the fringe fm the fringe.fm is the network website we have a new website go check it out the fringe.fm our website the secret teachings.info has been so- somewhat redone got the montages up there if you're a subscriber you can access all the montages and if you are another radio show and you'd like to use the montages, you can do that. You just have to give us credit and not steal our content and think that you can get away with it because I will hunt you down, I will find you, and I will pry the montage out of your computer. I have not much else to do in my life except to <laughs> do what I feel is necessary and right to protect what I produce because I believe in private property and the fruits of my labors. And if you don't believe in that, then go steal somebody else's stuff because you're not going to get away with it with me. Uh, there are some people who have uploaded the uh, the show onto BitChute and they have put all of our information there where you can subscribe, buy books, and they've encouraged people to subscribe and to grab a book or something to that nature, to that effect. And that's cool as long as you give us credit and you don't take something from us and try to pass it off as your own because, again, that's that's not going to happen. That's not going to work. Again, you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact us, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. I will direct you to our website and look at the top of the page. You'll see an archive link that says The Kev Baker Show. We haven't had Kev on for a long time. Kev and I just did a show yesterday. It was a really good show. And it's in that free archive. Kev is now uploading his stuff on BitChute as well. So you can find that interview that Kev and I did. It's about two hours long, and we talked about quite a bit of stuff. Really, really a good interview, I think. It's on BitChute, but it's in our archive at thesecretteachings.info. I am joined tonight by my co-host of eight years. His bio is on the website, along with our other co-host of about four to five years. Mike D. is with us this evening on the broadcast, and we're going to talk about a number of things, but I'd like to get Mike's take on a few things to begin. Mike, welcome to the show. My question to you is, what do you think about the, if you know anything about it, I mentioned this in the first segment, what do you think about the German atomic bomb program and the Germans having developed an atomic bomb that was then traded to the Americans and dropped on Hiroshima the anniversary of which is today, August 6th, 1945. Have you ever heard that before? What do you think of that? I heard, and I've not researched, that there's been documents that uh, uncovered from the CIA and other agencies that the Germans actually had uh, the capability to uh, drop atomic bombs before us. Uh, And that's all I really know. I don't really know too much. So I I looked at all this in the first segment, and I went over some of it. I've done full shows on this in the past. We looked at the uh, German Air Force feasibility study of dropping an atomic bomb over Manhattan and the flying, and this was reported reported in the Washington Post in 1945 in June, June 29th, that there were these massive JU Junker 390 planes that were going to be flown to uh, New York City. One of them did fly here and took pictures I'm in New York. One of them flew to New York, took pictures, and turned around and went back to uh, the base in uh, in France. 
and the uh, bomb that they were going to uh, drop, at least what they conducted their feasibility study on, was the same kiloton load that was then dropped on Hiroshima on the 6th of August, 1945. And you're right, there's a lot of information in the National Archives and in newspapers about the Germans having that bomb. And the only reason I bring that up is because, yeah, one, it's the anniversary, but two, I had this discussion with somebody today that just told me, you need to prove that. You photoshopped all that. I'm not going to believe that. And you know what? For me, Mike, I don't really care if people believe it one way or another. I'm just here to be a facilitator of information, and that's all that I care to do. I care to facilitate whether it's history or it's health, and that's where I leave it. People can believe whatever they choose to believe. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, we have facts and data to back up those groups, you know. If we're going to give an opinion, you usually state, you know, we think or my opinion is if I don't have actual data and info on it and research on it, then that's what we'll state. I mean, it's that simple. It is, it is that simple. Here, here's some research and here's some data that I, I wanted to talk to you about, Mike. And that is an article that was published on the 5th of August yesterday. And it's all about the effectiveness of a COVID-19 vaccine. My friend sent it to me. And I thought it was kind of humorous in a way because it, it's, almost, it's almost like an Onion article. The headline is U.S. Obesity Epidemic could undermine effectiveness of a COVID-19 vaccine. And the whole article is about how when people are obese, when they're overweight, and they have all these other health problems, no vaccine works. You know why that is? Because vaccines don't work at all. And when you're sick with those health problems, there are things that make you sick with those health problems. And it has nothing to do with getting a vaccine or not getting a vaccine. Yeah, I mean... Uh... There's been, like, for instance, the Spanish flu where they were giving vaccines to people actually killed them. And there's actually documentation on that. You can look that up. Uh, the vaccines they were giving people for Spanish flu actually uh, killed them. Routinely. So, Routinely. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Drop, after they get it, they, they would drop dead. It's basically poison to your system. Now, they're saying fat people can't handle a vaccine. Well, they can't handle the vaccine. They can't handle the virus either because their immune systems are shot. So, uh, and then getting a poisonous vaccine, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get sick and die too. You're better off uh, taking your chances with this, yeah, with a, a basic flu than you are getting a vaccine if you're overweight. Yeah, you, could, you probably that's a probably good that's a good warning because you know you probably will die. I, I've been kind of joking about this for months now, I, and I've. I've had the argument actually used against me, people have said, well, Ryan, you need to wear a mask because there are other people who are really sick. They've got cancer or they've got diabetes or heart disease or whatever. And I tell them most of those problems, they're not genetic. And if they are genetic, you can reverse them because I did and other people have. You can turn genes on and off. But most of those problems are a result of lifestyle choices and they're a result of people making really poor lifestyle choices. So I'm not going to make a lifestyle choice that is going to harm me mentally and physically so other people can continue to live a really, really poor lifestyle. That's the bottom line. And and, and now to have, like, CNN, and there are some news uh, reports about publications from universities on the subject, including a so-called study in China where the Chinese are like, uh, yeah, fat people... They died, but the skinny people with COVID didn't die. 
That's because the fat people with COVID were already sick and unhealthy. That's why they died. They didn't die of COVID, and the skinny people didn't survive despite COVID. People died because they're unhealthy and they're sick. That's why they died, Mike. Very true. Um, and just, you know, for reference, yes, you can be skinny and sick. Duh. Totally. totally. So you have someone doesn't, co- that, you know, doesn't try to call you out. Well, Ryan, you can be skinny and not healthy. Not, you know, fat people, are, uh, you just can't look at a fat person and say they're because of they're overweight, they're, they're unhealthy. Uh, yes, you can. <laughs> yes, yes, you can. Yes. But you're right. Now, skinny, yeah. You're right, skinny, skinny people. Uh, you know, there could be a problem with uh, metabolism or maybe they're bulimic. There's a couple other diseases where you'll get extremely skinny, of course. But uh, when you're looking at the majority of fat people, uh, uh, overweight, obscenely obese, uh, you can bet 99.9% of the time those underlying health conditions. Yes, and see, that's that's yeah. what I meant by I don't really want to take a stance or a side. I'm just the facilitator of information because the way I look at it is, I guess they call that being a straight shooter. I'm not implying or concealing hatred for obese people or people with diabetes. When I say obese people are unhealthy, oh, I, I, that's oh, a fact. I am. I am. You, you I am. are. You I'm, are, to the contrary. Tell, yeah. tell us why. Yeah, I uh, am. If you're, if you're fat, that's... No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but you have... You have you have options, right? And you have, if you have the desire and you're overweight, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can lose that weight, but don't go around. Uh, like, for instance, there's a television commercial going around on uh, Halo ice cream. There's some big fat lady dancing around in her bra and panties eating ice cream and saying, this is me. This is what I enjoy. That's, uh, okay. So you, so it's like, uh, you're telling people that you're unhealthy and you don't care. That's basically what the commercial is saying. So they'll tell you, you know? they'll tell you that if you don't wear a mask, you're promoting illness to other people. But if you dance around, literally just a, like a whale in a in a bathing suit, and you dance around like that, you're not promoting heart disease and diabetes and cancer and inflammation that's chronic. You're not promoting that. You're just promoting happiness and ice cream. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well. Here, here's the thing. You know, here's the thing, Mike. You, it, it, yeah. No, you go ahead. Go you ahead. go ahead. You go ahead. I, I, I cut you off there. Go no, ahead. I was gonna say. I was gonna say, like, um, yeah. I mean, uh, you got like, uh, you know, all of a sudden, in the last what maybe what 15 years, you started getting like, you know, overweight supermodel, quote unquote, supermodels. Like, I don't have to respect your opinion to be fat, right? I, I don't. Uh, you can think of yourself as big as be- be- big and beautiful, and that's oh, that's fine. But don't go around and say that you're healthy because you're not. And you can have a beautiful face, a beautiful face, but an, a, a non-beautiful body. Right. Well, yeah. I'm just saying, just like, log, you know, log don't, on to don't go any... around saying, "Okay, I'm I'm beautiful," and and you might be, and you might think you are, and that's fine. But don't say go around saying that you're healthy, and because you're not. You're you're obese. You're overweight. That's a health problem. Log on to any dating website, and you will see that some women are beautiful from the head to the chin, and that's it. Let, let me let me tell you something. You're right, Mike. Skinny people don't get off. They're not off the hook, and and that that's the issue here. It's like when I say if you're unhealthy, you're unhealthy. But you have doctors now. I've seen this on social media. You have doctors that are getting reprimanded by patients because. 
I saw this video of a girl. She goes into the doctor and she comes out. She makes a video and she says, and she's crying and, and she probably sincerely believes it. It's not like she had a billion followers on, on her Instagram or something. She's just like, I go to the doctor and my doctor was fat shaming me. He told me that if I want to be healthy, I should lose some weight. It's like, yeah, he's a medical professional and you don't even have to be a medical professional. And he's concerned with you and telling you if, if you'd like to get off the meds and not have these swollen ankles, you know, and these enormous swollen feet, lose a few pounds. That's not fat shaming. That is a doctor who is concerned with your health as a patient. Uh, yeah, I would again say like, um, you know, if she's under 25, that's that Zoomer mentality of growing up and, you know, you can do no wrong, you know. Like, uh, you know, they're not giving, they were not giving any type of like strict rules or even, uh, you know, a spanking here and there, just whatever you can, you know, oh, that's okay, Bobby, you can throw that dish on the ground. That's okay. Uh, you can, you can pick that up and, and scream and yell. That's what that, that's what these zoomers are raised on. Have you ever, you ever heard of the book Feminist Baby? You told me a little bit about it, and thank God I have not. Yeah, it's a it's a children's book, and if you you could look this up, they used to sell it at Target. Just type in "feminist baby," and it's it's essentially what you're saying, Mike. It's this little baby that I don't know. I don't. I guess it's supposed to be a girl. It's a feminist, right? In a diaper, and it's like feminist baby tells its parents when to go, you know, to sleep. And feminist baby dreams of literally dreams of punching Nazis, and feminist baby believes in. It's like, what the hell are publishers doing? Why is that being published? Why is that acceptable? Why is Target selling that book? There are coloring books. I saw this coloring book on Amazon the other day, and it was called A Hot Cup of Joe. And it was like a weird book, weird coloring book for kids where Joe Biden is like mostly naked, but he's ripped. And he's got like a towel on and you can color him in. Who is publishing this, and who is allowing this to be published? This, sound, this sounds like 1928 Weimar Germany when there's just, like, smut and pornography on the streets, and the German people were just about to, 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 to their limit with the filth and the smut being published by publishers in the entertainment industry, or any time in history. I mean, there is a, there is a political angle here. It's, it's meant to demoralize society and culture, where you glorify things that are otherwise you know, health conditions that need to be addressed or you glorify things that are otherwise immoral and unvirtuous. It's a decaying culture, Mike. Come on, man. Corn pop. Sorry, that's my, that's, that's my Joe Biden. I, I Come bet, on, man. Did I, they test you for cocaine? You know, are you a junkie? Come on, man. I get I get physical physical fitness mental tests twice two hundred a couple times a year, man. Come on, man. He said he got a mental fill. I don't know what a mental fill is. Yeah, he got a mental fill. MK Ultra through his mental fill. <laughs> yeah, he asked. He How asks. How could you have that guy? You know, I was talking to my buddy on phone about that whole situation with Biden, and I'm thinking to myself, what a total setup. Okay. This, the the Democratic primary totally rigged. Uh, you got communist uh, Bernie Sanchez had more of the popular vote again than Biden got ripped off. So they have this guy. They throw this guy as their their guy to go against Trump. And you know he's got dementia. I can't put two words, two sentences together, let alone two words. 
And uh, that is your that's your choice. That, that that's that's your man or woman. Uh, it just doesn't seem there's there's obviously a, a catch here. There's there's something going on, and you know I think that whoever chooses as VP or whoever they choose as VP will, if Biden, God not willing, becomes president, um, that person that VP will become president because they'll get rid of they'll get rid of him. He, he won't make it physically. It's insulting to my intelligence, and I'm sure to many of your intelligences, and also to your sense of pride as a, as an American or just as a citizen of the world, that that in any country, that, an establishment hack who literally can't string together a sentence, can be presented to you as if this is the best that a representative form of government can do to provide someone for the people to vote on to determine if they want that person to be their leader. I think we... We underestimate the power of propaganda and the nature of psychological warfare that's waged on the entire world, Mike. And I think if we were to address that and isolate that, this is how you get people to do things and believe things and vote for people that otherwise, if they were exercising common sense, they would say, well, that's that's asinine. That's silly. Why 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 would I... Vote for that person. They can't even take care of themselves. How are they going to take care of me? Why would you watching an ice cream commercial with some fat lady dancing, like you mentioned, and you watch that and think, oh, well, that means I can be fat too. R- no, that's not what it means. It means they're trying to convince you that you don't have to do anything in life, just eat their ice cream, and it's okay if you develop diabetes and obesity. I mean, everybody is right. like, their brains well, are like fried. You know, it's your own choice to be whatever. You can be fat. But I'm not paying for your medical bills. Like my medical insurance and costs should not go up because I have to subsidize off your fatness, period. And, and there's there's nothing wrong with saying that. And and also the people, uh, you know, to people listening who are equating this to like, oh, you're pro, you're, you're pro Republican, you're pro Trump. And this is what I have to say to them. You've got a choice again between the lesser of two evils. You've got Trump, and this is stated facts. You can look it up. He says it all the time that under Trump, we weren't at war. Yes, we still had troops that uh, he promised to pull out of Afghanistan, Iraq, which he uh, started to do. But we weren't at war. The economy uh, was booming. And he's very, also correct in a statement that was the largest unemployment for blacks and Hispanics. So we're, the economy is booming. He's issuing all sorts of executive orders stopping child trafficking. If you want to look those up. Uh, so Trump is doing these things. Uh, you know, some 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 stuff, some of his foreign policy, I don't agree with. I'll be straight up. I think he's got a, a Sabatin, a Frankist in the White House with him, uh, Jared Kushner. Uh, some things I don't like about uh, that kind of uh, that well, that individual for sure, but who he represents also. So. Again, you have the lesser of two, and then you have on the opposite side, you got a guy, like we said, that can't even put two sentences together, has dementia, is a pro-Marxist communist, uh, supports taking your guns away, and don't give me that crap that, no, he did, yes, he did say that, and if he becomes pres- president, he will take your ARs and, your, and, your, and limit rights on gun ownership. That's a given. So, again, you have the lesser of two evils. And I'm picking the lesser of two evils. I'm, I'm voting because I, I respect the voting process. And I respect people that have died 
to have that voting process. So there you go. If you and uh, if you don't like what I said, or you, you uh, then then write Brian. Let's debate. Let's debate on air. Let's debate. You know the the history of voting in the United States of America is a, is an interesting history. I, I was reading about it actually earlier today, unrelated to what you're saying. And I know a lot of people don't know this, but in New Jersey was the first state to allow, not, not, not in a legal way, but to have, I should say, to have women that came out and actually voted. Women were voting in New Jersey and in other states, not officially, in the 18th century. And that, that was only stopped in the early, uh, it was around, I'm trying to think exactly what the date was, it was like 1808 or something, New Jersey uh, halted that because there was massive election fraud on both sides. But the thing about elections and the thing about voting is, you think about the founding of the United States of America, all oh, they didn't let women vote. We had to have the, the 19th Amendment in 1920 to allow women to vote. That's not true. Most states, it wasn't about whether women had a right to vote. It was that women weren't involved in the political process. It was a completely different time period. And I think in the same way, during that time period, in comparison to now, one of the arguments the Founding Fathers made at the Constitutional Convention about voting was that in order to vote, you needed to have a little bit of money and a little bit of property. In other words, you needed to have a stake in society, and you needed to be a citizen, of course, because if you just had people that weren't citizens and you had people that were bums on the street voting, you'd have people that were voting for things that benefited themselves and themselves only. Now, that was historical. You carry that over to the present. One of the reasons I don't have much confidence in the voting system as it is today, Mike, is because a lot of people simply do that. They vote for themselves. They vote for what they think will provide them with the most, the most feedback, the, 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 the most welfare, the, the most benefit. So I think the voting system as it exists today worked in the 18th century. I'm not in favor of overhauling it, per se, but I think that there have been loopholes that have been stretched and expanded upon to convince people with, again, psychological warfare, that voting for Joe Biden, for example, is the only—it doesn't matter what he says or does, it's the only way to get rid of Donald Trump in the White House, and, that, and that's the only reason you vote. You don't deserve to vote— and I also say that if you vote for Trump as a lesser of two evils, you may disagree with me, Mike. I, I don't see that as having a right to vote either. I see that both of those voting uh, options are, are a little bit uh, disingenuous. What do you think about that? I think there's uh, one party that's pushing uh, for votes that um, they can get that they know that they can exploit, and that's the illegal immigrant vote. I, I do think that's that's happening. No doubt about that. But, You're right. Uh, You're right. But to to you know say uh, again uh, to me it's a it's a race of the lesser of two evils Donald Trump being a lot more pluses on his side than Joe Biden I have to vote there then I'm voting to save basic liberties uh, that the Biden folks would get rid of and uh, you'd see uh, a full on kind of Marxist communist agenda that the guy he already has it on his website he's got a couple just check out his website it's it's it's, um, it's pretty horrific it's kind of like black lives matter page uh, yeah he's 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 got he he cannot win period and so the other uh you know we got two we got a you know two-party system again so what are you going to do i'm i'm going to vote for trump i'll vote for trump 10 times over over biden 
See, I, I'd have voted for somebody probably like, just probably doesn't mean I, I would have, but I would have probably voted for someone like Tulsi Gabbard, or I'd have voted for, I w- actually I did vote for Ron Paul, the one election I voted, and I voted for Ron Paul. And, and the, the argument that's always made against that, it's like, well, they can never win. Well, they also told you Trump couldn't win, and he won in a landslide. And they're telling you the same thing this time. He can't win. Well, I know this is political. Why is this on the fringe FM? Because this isn't just a, a battle of politics and things that deal in you know economics and, and, and sovereignty of nations and things like that, Mike. When you look in your, uh, in your court, when you're talking about the lesser of two evils, Joe Biden and the people that represent him and all the money that's been siphoned off from BLM to the Democratic Party in particular, to people like Joe Biden... These people are literally evil. You look into their eyes and they are totally soulless. And yeah, the GOP, a lot of it's the same way. I think we're dealing with actual, talked about it last night, interdimensional, demonic, whatever you call them, influences that truly are controlling a lot of the political leaders and a lot of the technological leaders in the world. I really think that's, that's, it's a spiritual thing and it transcends the political process. That's in the temporal world. Beyond that, it really is a spiritual battle, and I think people get caught up with their religions and whether they believe in God or they don't believe in God, and and that kind of creates conflict in that discussion because if I say it's a spiritual battle, people assume, oh, you must be a Christian. not a Christian, not a Muslim, not a Jew. I'm just a guy who sees things from the point of view of, hopefully, as best as I can, common sense. And, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that I... I, I think one thing or another. I just see information as it's presented to me, and I and I go from there. That's how I see the world, Mike. I don't know. I I think you're you're a very similar kind of a guy. You're a straight shooter too. Oh yeah, I mean I always have been, but um, you know I've been saying it for years now that the top of the pyramid is definitely non-human, and that these other layers are just controlled. Uh, through um, some of the bottom ones controlled just through money, right? Just payoffs, bribes. That's easy. Some of the ones that can be reached that way, bribe through, you know, finding out what their weaknesses are. Like maybe they are a boy or girl lover, getting yeah. that on film and having that as blackmail. I mean, they use it all. I mean, the government used to learn these things from the best blackmailers, and that was the original mafia, Italian mafia, that blackmailed everybody from, from the local cop. To judges and lawyers, well, look at so the, they learned that from that technique from the from the government. They also learned, and then that those agencies learned it, CIA. Then those agencies, CIA, uh, showed Mo Thod how to do it, and then ha- there you go. You've got uh, Epstein Island, which is basically uh, the Playboy Mansion uh, for 2020, using that. And there's names there uh, that they have not released, and I, uh, hopefully those names do get released of those people that have traveled in and out of that island. And hopefully they release that underground uh, that temple. There was uh, uh, rooms or compartments or uh, worship areas, all sorts of stuff going on in that temple that they have not. There was a dentist chair. How do they talk about the dentist chair? Torture. There's pictures out. That's that's yeah, just they don't, they don't, pure yeah, torture. They don't talk about. No one. No one. Not even a. Uh, you know, well, of course, any type of mainstream media will talk about it, but you don't even see a lot of like, you know, alt news talking about that. I'm telling um, you, I, I'm telling so you, yeah. Jeffrey Epstein is the Minotaur. Ghislaine Maxwell is Ariadne. You study the history and the myth of of the Minotaur and uh, of Ariadne. It's a very 
very similar story to what has transpired with the Jeffrey Epstein story. And it, it, it's interesting. I was on Kev Baker last night, and we were talking about George Floyd for a few minutes. And you might think, well, that's a, that's another boring story. Why are you talking about that? Well, well, George Floyd was was basically turned into this idol or this god. He's black. So you have a black god buried in a golden coffin. That's the story of Osiris. Anything that you think is temporal and, and, and physical and, and, and political, all these things on a different level, Mike, are what we would call esoteric or occult, and they have deeper meanings because symbols speak to us on a deeper level. They speak to us on a subconscious level. And if you understand that, you can start to see the world in a much different way and take control over your mind rather than let others control your mind. And I want to talk a little bit about that when we come back. This uh, study that was conducted, I think it was at, was at Yale, if I remember this correctly, um, about how to convince people to get vaccinated and to convince people to go along with the official narrative of COVID-19. There, and and, and the, the mayor of Los Angeles just came out and literally like read from a script today and told people how they're going to, to, in, to influence and shame them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If they get together and have parties, they're going to shut off their water and their power. What, what, what is this? How, how, are, how, how is anybody in their right mind accepting this or at least not accepting it and not doing something about it? I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. We'll get into all this and more when we come back from break with our co-host, Mike D. The next hour is commercial-free, so rdgable at yahoo.com, www.thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe there today. Become a member to the archive. Get access to the montages, all the montages, and my books in digital form on the website. Again, www.thesecretteachings.info. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. We'll be back. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, 
our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Hey guys, it's Giorgio Tsoukalos from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. This is Ohm, God is Good, the album. Mike D is my good friend and co-host. He's been with us for nearly a decade. Mike, what was that first song we heard coming in after the first break? Uh, that was Wicked. Um, hold on, let me pull it up here. Okay, I'm going I forgot the name of it. I pulled a Biden on myself. You pulled a Biden, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he'll be talking and he'll just stop and he'll say, never mind. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, That's man. The Wicked Wizard. The Wicked the Wizard. Band is called Wicked, the band is called Wicked Wizard. The song is called Evil. I, I contacted... I thought, it was fitting. I thought it was fitting for these times that we live in. It is. I, I contacted the, the Ohm band and requested... Uh, direct permission to play some of their music on the show. If you have music and you'd like to play it on the show, you can just email me rdgable at yahoo.com or contact me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. We, we've played music from bands and we have some stuff in the uh, my little archive on my computer that I play everything from. A little antiquated system, but yeah, I, I still use iTunes. I don't use any of those expensive radio programs. It would be nice, but I just kind of an antiquated guy myself. Mike, I wanted to share something with you and with all the listeners. Do you listen to a, a phonograph at night to play the record I do, I do. for the kids? I do. I yeah, do. All the kids. They, all the kids. My son is already listening to a phonograph, you know. Almost two years old. His first thing he said was, Dad, can I get a phonograph like all the other kids have? These kids, these kids, they need to learn. They need to listen to the, 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 rec- the records of the phonograph at night <laughs> when they're, they're going to bed. <laughs> Hey, let me let me share something with you, Mike. This is uh, this is the clip that you mentioned earlier. I'm going to play these Joe Biden clips because they're absolutely comedy gold. This is the Democratic George Bush, is what it is. That's what Joe Biden is. And then I want to talk about this study, clinicaltrials.gov, from the U.S. National Library of Medicine, pertaining to how to convince and persuade, quote-unquote persuade, and manipulate people into taking a vaccination. So we've got like four of these Biden clips. It'll be very quick. Are you ready, Mike? Yes. All right, here we go. I thought we lost you for a second. Here we go. This is about, now this is, they always have Biden being interviewed by like black guys or weird women that look like they're confused about their sexuality. You ever notice that? Yeah, I know that the interviewers are are strange, that's for sure. 
So, so he's being interviewed by a black guy because clearly, if you're interviewed interviewed by a black guy or you have a black guy on your show, that means you're not racist. So they're trying. That's the subconscious way that they communicate to you. Joe Biden, he's talking to a guy who's kind of black. He's got at least one black parent. This guy's whiter than Barack Obama, and they're like, "Well, that means he's not racist." Listen to what Joe Biden says, and tell me if this isn't one of the most racist things you've ever heard Joe Biden say. It's it's pretty incredible. No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think, huh? Tells a black guy, you're going to take a test whether you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think? Come on, man. Well, why did he choose cocaine? If it was a white guy, would he have said meth? You know? Right. Or some stoner, some guy with like dreadlocks. He's like, man, you took a drug test to see if you were smoking weed before this show? Well, it's projection, but probably because in the 70s and 80s, he did cocaine himself. He did cocaine himself. Well, George Bush did cocaine himself. Yeah. I love how people people will say, well, you know, you know, Trump did bad stuff. You know, Bush, that's what people would always used to say to me. I'd wear my Hillary for prison shirt, which I need to break that back out. And uh, I remember one time I left my apartment in Boise and I go downstairs and this this enormous woman, massive woman who could have been in that ice cream commercial you mentioned, Mike, she says to me, you know George Bush did bad stuff too. I said, yeah, he should be in prison with her. And then she like malfunctioned. You know, it, you only have a, a, a one-dimensional view of the world. It's You can't have a conversation with people that have more than one dimension to work in. Let's hear that again. A cognitive No, test. I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. Come on, man. That's like saying, you know, before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say? And then, listen, then it gets weird. He just starts rambling on about things that make no sense. Uh, you know that these people, before they interview him, they've been advised, like, don't address the nonsense that comes out of his mouth. To President Trump, who brags about his test and makes your mental state an issue for voters. Well, if he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Uh, what what the hell does that mean, Mike? If he can't tell the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. I, 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 that's some kind of 20s uh, jargon. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Well, you get your phonograph out and you listen to the elephants and the tigers and the lions and the bears and this, Joe this Biden. Is their oh, guy. This oh is boy. Their, this is their guy to beat Trump. Yeah. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I, I, I know you're trying to goad me, but I mean, I'm so forward looking to have. I'm so forward looking. That must be a 20 saying, too. Forward in looking. I'm so forward in yeah. looking. Opportunity. Is this guy Yoda? To sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's you know, going to debate elephants and tigers and lions and all that. So that's one of them. That's I mean, there's so many of these. It's comedy. Come gold. on, man. Remember, we used to play all the George Bush clips on radio, Mike. That was how fun that was, make fun of George Bush. And everybody at the university, Rollins College, they all loved that because they were all Democrats. And then when you would play something and make fun of Obama, you'd have, like, security there. You can't say that. You can't do that. Here's the rest of these uh, these uh, clips. Listen to these. Unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. That's a new one today. Unlike the African-American community, the Latino community is incredibly diverse. That's kind of racist, wouldn't you say? 
with incredibly. Yeah, I don't even know what that... Go ahead, Mike. What does that mean? I don't know. I it's... mean, what does that mean? You're saying all blacks are from Africa, which that's not true. I guess the black community is not diverse. There is not a diverse black. They're all the they're all the same. They all look the same. They think the same. They smell the same. They act the same. They're all the same. But see, to yeah. an actual racist plantation owner like Joe Biden, that's actually true. He actually believes right. that. That's the subconscious right. coming to the conscious. That's why he tells a black guy, "Come on, man, you you could you take a crack cocaine test before you come on the show. Come on, man, check my record, man." Check my record. I did all kinds of things for black people. The African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. And, and I bet he goes and talks to blacks and, and says, unlike the Latino community, the black community is incredibly diverse. Just like Hillary would say, I keep hot sauce in my pocket. With incredibly different attitudes about different things. All right, that's the first one here. That was today. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Poor that was the other day. This is one of my favorites because he catches himself in this one and then he adds on the rest of the list so he doesn't sound like he's a racist. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Pause. Wait for it. Wealthy kids. Black kids. Asian kids. I meant all the other kids. <laughs> There's like six people clapping in the background. <laughs> that was the whole rally. That was a thunderous applause, Mike. Yeah, he's uh that that was that was in a a bingo hall before COVID. <laughs> now he stays in his dungeon, doesn't want to come out and debate. Yeah, there there was a talk, I guess, about having election, uh, uh, having having votes for the election before the first debate. They wanted to send in the mail-in ballots ASAP, so you can vote before you hear Biden on stage talking about elephants and giraffes. That see, that's what. Yeah, I'm, I got a, I got a, I got an early. Um, vote vote by mail uh, to fill out to register for, to uh, vote by mail I'm not doing it I'm not doing it I'll, if I have to wear a mask to go vote then I'm going to I'll do it to physically go down to whatever precinct I'm assigned to and to vote I will and if I have to wear a mask and stand 6 feet for me to do that I'll do that then I'll take out my mask and I'll I'll throw it on the ground but I will get my I will vote and I will, uh, I will do it physically. I'm not doing any mail-in bullshit. I think what you should do is uh, anybody, anybody should do this. If you are Republican and you vote Republican or, or you're Democrat, whatever, and you vote for Trump, I think what you should do is you, you vote once, you know, the legal way, and then you just do what a lot of precincts will allow you to do. You just walk in the next time, you tell them your name is Pablo or something, you don't have any ID, and they'll let you vote. And then when you go in to vote a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth, tenth, a hundredth time, you can vote for Trump every time. Maybe we should do that, Mike. Yeah. I mean, no speaking, no, no English, no English, no English. Uh, vote uh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, 2020. And they, oh, here you go. Here's a pen and paper and go in there and vote. Yeah. And then, yeah, you, then you go in sure. there and you, you, write, you write Trump or whoever in there and... I don't know. I, I, that, that's that's one of the things I've been thinking about recently is how, how do you turn the psychological warfare around? And I think it's really simple. You just, One, you have to be aware of it. But two, you just have to launch whatever was launched at you. You collect it, you put it in the catapult, and then you launch it back at whoever launched it at you. You're a racist. No, I'm not right. a racist. I think you're a racist for constantly bringing up the color of people's skin because I get along with people 
who have different skin colors. I think you're a sexist. No, I think you're a sexist for thinking that I'm a sexist because I have genitalia that's different than other people. You know, I, I you know, I, I just think that we should turn these things around, Mike. Yeah, no, I, I, something has to be done. More moral people don't conspire. People that are evil conspire to do bad stuff. And since moral people don't typically conspire to do anything, let alone to do something that's immoral, we have a hard time believing that there could be people who are immoral who conspire to do really bad stuff and to hurt us. So it's hard for some people to comprehend that there are those who wish to hurt you and and can mock you. Like What Joe Biden is is really just a mockery to both the voting process and to the United States of America. As a country, all the founding principles—it's a mockery. They, these, whoever it is, whatever it is, they are laughing yeah. so hard that they can present oh, yeah, a, sure. a dementia patient, a senile old man who farts on video. Did you see that? These guys farting on video and telling black guys they should take cocaine tests, and then say he's the non-racist. The other guy who got black unemployment at the highest, uh, black employment at the highest it's ever been—he's the racist. Now go vote. Right. Unbelievable. You have Trump with, um, you know, hanging out with black caucus members before he was even elected president. Uh, Spike Lee, uh, a lot of celebrities, of course, because he's in that circle. But um, always a friend to to black people. Uh, How can he? And then, of course, his wife is an immigrant. She's not even an American. You know, so he's a racist. Uh, How is that? What was I don't, even, I don't understand your logic on that. That's that's how the, the psychological warfare works. That's how propaganda works. That's how little coercive persuasion, a little nudge, a little insinuation, a little implication, that, that's how it works. That's why charges of racism and sexism and all kinds of other things dealing with bigotry and, 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 and divisiveness and hatred, that's why they work so well against people that are moral. Because as a moral person and as someone who's not acting like that, when that charge is levied against you, you think, well, I am i don't think that way about other people, so I better prove that I'm not like that. And that's, I think, the unfortunate cycle that a lot of people get involved in. They think, well, I have to prove it, so I have to hold up this sign, or I have to be a part of this movement, or I have to vote this political party. You have to realize it's all psychological. Psychologists control it. When you talk about guilt I find something very interesting about the word guilt. It's what all those charges are, Mike. I was reading this this study that was published on clinicaltrials.gov, U.S. National Library of Medicine, and it's about how to convince people to get a vaccine, not any vaccine, to get the COVID vaccine. It was published with uh, sponsorship from Yale University. I'm sure people will say, oh, it's a skull and crossbones study. Maybe it is. I don't know. But one of the methods that they say will be beneficial to convince people to get the vaccine, one of those is the guilt message. And it says, of the people that were sampled, the message is about the danger that COVID-19 presents to the health of one's family and community. The best way to protect them is by getting vaccinated and society must work together to get enough people vaccinated and then it asks the participants to imagine the guilt they will feel if they don't get vaccinated and spread the disease. That's one of the things that they want to use. They say the, this, is, this is published on a government website. It's from Yale University. 
How do you manipulate people to do things that are against their best interests? You convince them that it's against the best interest of the community so that the collective wins out over the individual. This stuff is evil, Mike. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yep. And then they had a a thing like um, show, you know, first responders and uh, and, uh, frontline and firemen getting uh, the vaccine to prove like – what did it say? Um, not manliness, but to prove bravery. Is that one know? of them? Yeah, one of them is bravery. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that, that, yeah that was one of them was like bravery. So if you don't get the vaccine, then you're not brave like these other, other people. Yeah, that's the last one. The not bravery message uh, talks about yeah. the sample group. It describes how firefighters, doctors, and frontline medical workers are brave. Those who choose not to get vaccinated against COVID-19 are not brave. Really, well... <laughs> Let me ask you this question. How do you define the word brave? If I look it up in a dictionary, it means ready to face and endure danger or pain. So I guess you are brave if you get the vaccine because you're likely to face danger and pain when you're injected with foreign materials into your body. Your body will react to them in a negative way. So, yeah, it's it's brave, and you're going to probably face quite a bit of pain and danger. But it's also brave to reject it and you're brave to reject it because you'll face the danger and pain of societal rejection and potentially losing connections with people and per- perhaps even your job and, you know, just overall your lifestyle because you refuse to get the mark of the beast, as some call it, get vaccinated and be allowed to go and uh, go to a movie because that's where this is ultimately going. No mask, no entry. Then it's no mask, no shield, no goggles, no gloves, no vaccine, no entry. How far can this be pushed, Mike? Uh, I don't think it's going to be pushed uh, too far because uh, you can go to uh, whitehouse.gov and sign petitions. Someone already made one last week or the week before for to end the mask mandate and uh, needed like 200,000 signatures, and it has it already. So uh, there's lots of people that are tired of this nonsense. And uh, I think if more people wake up, you're going to, you know, uh, you're going to have the sheep that will wear a mask until they die because they're just that stupid. And uh, that brainwashed, but you'll have people who are like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of this. I've done the research. This is this is bullshit. I'm not wearing a mask anymore. Period. You know, this isn't going on. I, I can see the frustration already out there. There's more. Uh, I can sense it. There's just more anger in the air. There's more angst. There's more uh, road rage incidences happening right now because this is they're creating this chaos, this environment. Uh, and then, and they're sowing fear, hatred, and division, and people are just. Uh, but there's also anger of just what's happening in general, and I think you're going to see that boil over. I mean, just imagine what would happen if. Um, well, here we go. This is a scenario. You know, they have to have a plan B if Biden is not, or whoever uh, they get doesn't win, and Trump wins. You know. What are they? Uh, there's got these people are smart. They have Plan B, C's and D's. So if Trump does win, what are they going to do? Like a, a, a mini nuke? You know, they got to do something more than just riot again. May, they got to make it even. They got to make it worse. May, may I suggest that Donald Trump is Plan B? You just work with what you have. It's kind of like MacGyver. I think Donald Trump might be Plan C or D, but Donald Trump wins again, legitimate or otherwise, and they'll continue the persecution and continue the lockdowns and face masks and mandates, and it'll be four years of absolute hell 
just because some people want political power. It, it obviously is more than political power, though, is it not? Because I, I don't think that there are so many that are involved in the political process that want to literally destroy the social and cultural and economic cohesion of the entire world just because they think some guy is racist. It's a little bit more than that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. These are, most of them are just paid agitators. It's funny, man. It's just funny how it all worked out, how you can, you know, cover your face now legally because of a fake virus so you can get away with crimes. You know what? <laughs> you, you, know what you know what you do, Mike? It is amazing. You know what you do is the next time you go into a store, uh, you own the store, I walk in the store, and you tell me, hey, buddy, we need you to mask up, you know? And if I don't put my fist through your mask into your face, I tell you, actually, I'm going down to the Black Lives Matter protest right now, and do do you? We don't wear masks down there because we need people to hear our voices. Are are you anti-black? And you just turn it turn it around on the business owner. You know, I'm at the Black Lives Matter protest. I don't have to wear a mask. Fauci said so. Maybe they'll let you go. Maybe. I'm yeah. telling I'm telling you, Mike. Moral, decent, good people, Christian, atheist, it doesn't matter. You have to turn those weapons back on the people who have turned them against you. You're minding your own business, and then here come unelected quacks, pseudoscientists, eugenicists, and crazies that start trying to dictate your life. And it's not negative or evil to defend yourself and fight back against it. Period. No, it's like, uh, you know, in California, that Oceanside or Huntington Beach, Manhattan Beach, one of those beaches where guy was sitting outside with his buddy outside open space drinking a uh, he was just sitting out there and uh, a woman and a man walked by wearing masks and saw them and, and started uh, spazzing out why aren't you wearing a mask blah 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 and the woman ended up throwing hot coffee on one of the guys and he got up because that's assault he got up and defended himself i believe he, he pushed down the woman and her boyfriend tried to attack the guy and he got his ass kicked and then so he's bloodied, and then so the other guy's filming. It's like, you know, we had this all on film, you know. You assaulted him by throwing coffee on him, and he defended himself. So he's like, and the guy's bloodied up, and his nose is bloody. He's like, I'm calling the police because I was assaulted. <laughs> no, you weren't assaulted. Your girlfriend threw hot coffee on the guy, and then you tried to attack the guy, and you got beat up. That's called that's defense. It's called you self-defense. Didn't, you didn't get you didn't get it, and he's like crying, sobbing. You know, just, these people are just outrageous. These mask people. You know, you got to be careful because they're mentally unstable. You Pussies. Know? But yeah, yeah. That's, that's uh, what they old are. Old lady running up here trying to spray mace on you for not wearing masks. Ah! I swear, it's like I these s- zoomers and boomers, man. Like I said before, that's that's the that's the crazy that's the crazy age group. The zoomers and boomers. If some old lady tried to pepper spray me or somebody I was with, Mike, I would break her hip. I said it on the last show, and I mean it. I would break the woman's hip, and I would body slam her into the ground. And I would not be arrested because it's self-defense. You don't get to spray me with pepper spray or throw coffee in my face because you don't like what I'm wearing or not wearing. You imagine that? I mean, there, there, are, people that, yeah. there are people that get beat up for, for, for wearing things that some people think are Nazi symbols. You know, so what was it? The USA Today said the, the American eagle is a Nazi symbol. Did you see that? Yeah, they're trying to trying to trying to make that an issue. Yeah, I mean, this, it's just it's getting to the point where it's just ridiculous. I mean, 
uh, okay, this whole, we can dive into this whole Q movement, whatever it is, where it's coming from. Uh, but I can tell you this, Donald Trump becomes president and let's give him like, you know, we'll even give him three months afterwards. Like that's, and that's long enough. If you don't start seeing people, uh, Comey, Brennan, all these people start getting arrested. They have the evidence uh, against these people. You don't see these people start getting ar- uh, arrested. Then this whole Q movement is, is a fraud. It's a fake. You've been duped. Uh, and that's just my, my point on it. But I'm going to give them the benefit of I'm going to give a I'll, I'll give a benefit of the doubt. I'll say, OK, maybe they don't want to do this before the election to stir up um, more agitation. You know, if he gets elected, he's a lame duck president. He doesn't care. Let's start arresting these people. If he gets if he wins and we'll give him three, even three months afterwards, after he wins, if the arrests don't come as all this is, is being uh, focused on then it's a complete sham, well, as far, and that's my take on it. As far as I'm concerned, it was a complete sham two years ago. The fact that, that virtually nothing has happened significantly overtly demonstrates to me that the whole thing is a sham. I mean, especially Q. Q is a giant joke to me. I, I never had any faith or belief in that whatsoever. I think that Q is just more, uh, in my view, I think that it's online people that have... Uh, co-opted the Q movement, but I think ultimately, I think it's an intelligence op. I think Q is a form of artificial intelligence. That That's that's my take on it. And I think it's a soci. I think it's a self-organizing collective intelligence that feeds people what they want to hear. In, in essence, I think uh, Q is kind of like David Wilcock. It listens and, all right, what do you want to hear? All right, there's, well, we'll give it to you, insiders and aliens and whatever. That's my take. I, I just don't have any faith whatsoever in that. I don't have I don't have much faith in anything except myself or people who are likewise moral, decent, and have uh, passion for defending the idea and the concepts of liberty and freedom and sovereignty. You know, and I might not agree with all those people. I mean, I obviously, from what I just said, don't agree with you on the subject of Q, but uh, I support you, and maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. That's how you have real discourse. You have to keep the, the channels of communication open. Right, I'm not going to start screaming and yelling at you for not uh, believing no, the or Q throw movement. coffee on me. <laughs> or call you a racist. You're a, you know what? You're a racist for not believing Q. That's how the whole. That's how ridiculous that sounds when you don't even know you know what it really what, what it really is. And I agree with that. I'm not really sure what it is. Is it a military op? I think so because of the information presented and the way that's presented. But do I really know? No, I don't have any proof on that. But again, you know, um, you, you don't know, you know, um, but like, again, calling Trump a racist is like, you, it's all that's contrary to what's true. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's often mirroring. For God's sake, again, the, the man is married to an immigrant. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's mirroring. That's it's gaslighting is what it is. That's what this whole chart from Yale University for the clinicaltrials.gov page is all about. It's about convincing people to do and to think and to believe things that otherwise they wouldn't do, think, or believe. It starts out like this. It talks about the message of control and the baseline message, the the idea that uh, there are are, uh, safety precautions that have been taken and that there is proven effectiveness of vaccines. That's what it says. It says you go and you con- you confront people with a message of uh, 
effectiveness and safety of vaccines. My question has always been about that word effectiveness. What is it effective in? See, even that word is implicating effective in doing what? Effective in making me retarded, effective in making me sick, effective in shutting down my organs, effective in giving me a rash where you give me the shot, effective in doing what? It's like companies that say, proven since 1974. Proven to do what? Proven to kill me, proven to make me sick, proven to give me cancer, proven to kill my dog, proven to kill my cat. What exactly is it proven to do? That's how all the propaganda, all the information works. It's informational warfare, it's psychological warfare, and no one actually has to make a falsified statement You make the falsified statement consciously and subconsciously. They just simply tell you it's effective, it's safe. Well, it's effective and safe to do what? You make that determination. That's why this is so evil, because no one's actually lying to you, Mike. You're lying to yourself because you're not thinking for yourself. All right. I mean, these institutions and these these universities are just pure evil. These Brookings Institute and... Uh, all these, all these other institutes. Tavis, Tavistock, Ford Foundation, Tavistock. Carnegie, Rockefeller, yep. all of them. Rockefeller, yep. They are just evil entities bent on basic human destruction. Really, if you look at it, you know. Well, uh, or sp- like a slave, a slave planet. Speaking, speaking of that, that that's the secondary, or really, it's the third, but it's the secondary uh, main message of this. Uh, this Yale University clinicaltrials.gov report. I don't know if you read. Did you read all these, Mike? I didn't read all of them, no. They're on the website at thesecretteachings.info under top news if you want to read these for yourself. But listen to this one. This is the, the epitome of problem-reaction-solution. It literally says, a message about how COVID-19... This is called the personal freedom message, a message about how COVID-19 is limiting people's personal freedom. And by working together, i.e. getting a vaccine to get enough people vaccinated, society can preserve the personal freedom. Anybody, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Anybody exactly. with that a working like, that's brain, perfect. Mike. That's perfect. Yeah, it's the perfect front and cover and to scare people. And, to, you know, oh, we can make it all go back to this problem, relaxing solution, basically, help, help, you know. See, I have many. I know, have, we, every, I, everything can go back to normal. Just take the vaccine and wear your mask. And I have many problems with that. Number one, if you actually believe that, and I don't know how many people would actually believe that, probably a minority of people. But if someone actually was to believe that, I, I would question their mental abilities, old or young. That is geared towards people that have no memory because initially you were told it's a one-week, two-week lockdown. You'll be out. It'll be okay. If a few people wear a mask, we'll stop the spread. And then even as numbers decline and nobody dies, it's more lockdown. It's more masks. It's goggles now. It's gloves now. It's Los Angeles telling people, if you get together without our permission and talk to friends and family, we'll shut your water and power off. So... By getting a vaccine, you really think by bending over and lubing up that they're going to give you back your freedoms? You have to be out of your goddamn mind. And that's why this is good psychological warfare, because it plays to people's sense of reason. Like, 
Well, well, the virus took away my personal freedom, not the people with the vaccines or the government. So if I get the vaccine, maybe they'll tell the virus, give me my freedoms back. Is that what people think? This is ludicrous, Mike, and this is evil. Oh, yeah, it is beyond. Uh, but, you know, those people that are driving around with masks on are the ones that will bend over and take the and take it because they're just absolutely petrified, scared sheep. You know, driving around uh, with your windows up with a mask on is just to me, it's just so ridiculous. I just want to drag those people out of the windows and, and beat the shit out of them. But again, <laughs> don't don't fall for the <laughs> don't fall for the anger trick. Mike's 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 joking. Anger is also one of these uh, messages. So it goes baseline message, convince people it's effective. With the the sim- here's the thing: the simple fact that Yale University and uh, this publication, clinicaltrials.gov, uh, has to put into writing we need to convince people it's effective, kind of insinuates it's not effective. Just from the propaganda, doesn't it? Right. Maybe if it said like like six years, doesn't it take six years of testing for a vaccine to be approved? And then this is going through in like six months, six years, or actually less than that, like what, three months? Officially, it's it can be up to six years. They say they need at least a year. I mean, the vaccines don't work anyway. How can you claim that we prevented when they say a vaccine was 20 percent effective? How can you say that? Well, nobody got sick. Well, how do you know those people weren't going to get sick anyway? And how many of the 80 percent that got vaccinated got sick because of the vaccine? You know, you can't have accurate statistics. It it all comes down to money. Vaccines are money because if you look at the signs that, you know, before even COVID for like flu vaccines, buy one flu vaccine, get one free. Uh, There's like 20 percent off flu vaccine. Like it's it's a bag of chips. Exactly. And if you can't see that, then you're you're just, uh, say it. You're you're a you're a stupid person. If you can't see it, you've probably had multiple vaccines, and the, and and the various mercuries and heavy metals have poisoned your brain, and you are probably functioning yeah. somewhere in the range of Joe Biden level, roughly. You're gonna inject something made of uh, God knows what in your system for what for perceived freedom that you'll that you'll never get. You'll never you'll never get just, back. You'll never get it back. And, and this, is this, this is the other part of the Yale University report, economic freedom, which is an extension of the personal freedom argument that they're using. They say COVID-19 is limiting people's economic freedom, and by working together to get enough people vaccinated, society can preserve its economic freedom. No, no governor, no mayor, no city council, nobody has the ability to tell a business you have to shut down. And if a business chooses to shut down, well, it's kind of like, hey, this is effective, isn't it? No one actually told you, proved to you, demonstrated to you that it was effective in doing what they claim it's effective in doing. You just assume, oh, it's effective. You are making that determination. And it's no different with economic freedom. You're told you have to shut down your business. They don't have any right. They don't have any ability or any power to tell you to do that. If you choose to do it, though, well, they didn't force you, did they? They coerced you. They intimidated you. Uh, intimidated, uh, used intimidation. They, they implied, if you don't do it, we'll send police and we'll fine you. And they might do that to one or two people. But if a majority or even a minority opened up their businesses that were small 
in the face of big stores like Walmart, what would, what would officials do? Nothing. They don't have a pow- any power to do anything. That's why economic freedom and personal freedom, people that are thugs and gangsters and criminals implying to you that they'll hurt you, they might break your legs. They don't know. you got to come up with the money, though. Get that vaccine, and, and maybe we won't break your legs. They're going to break your legs anyway. Refuse it. That's the bottom line. Economic freedom, personal yeah. freedom. Oh, what a yeah. b- bunch I mean, of crap. If we, if we don't, if, yeah, uh, the whole masking in general, um, again, phase two vaccine. Um, if we don't fight the vaccine as, as a mandatory type of situation, then we are basically screwed. That should, that should never come about where a mandatory vaccination has to happen. Um, and if it does, uh, I think there's going to be uh, some resistance against that because even the mask, it wasn't it wasn't a large crowd, but it was a, it was a, about the same as the Black Lives Matter march that we had for anti-mask when it was mandated for Seminole County to to wear masks, and we said no, no to that. You know, the vaccines I think would be even larger because there's a lot of people that have been anti-vaccine for a long time from, uh, you know, any type of vaccine. So for them to try to push that down as mandatory, there's going to be pushback for that for sure. From from both sides of the political aisle, for one, there'll be major probably pushback. Even, probably even the, the, food, the food babe, you know, the food babe won't get a vaccine. That's that's right. What was my nickname, the food dude? Or you used to, you used to call me the food dude. <laughs> food babe, remember the food babe, though? Oh, I remember. I remember the food, babe. Yeah, I remember the food, babe. Yeah, yeah. we used to look at all the ingredient lists, and so so if you got people that are rejecting vaccines like this, Starbucks, the Starbucks, the only thing they should get in Starbucks is a tea bag. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, don't drink any of the coffee, any of the other crap. It's all poisoned. If you have to get anything in Starbucks, just ask for a tea and and, sh- and have them show you the what uh, the bag that it's come from. Well, e- even so, if you're getting that tea, it's going to be a bleached tea bag. I guarantee you that, and it's it's, yeah. it's probably going to have uh, it's probably going to have a little natural flavor in it because they can't put real green tea leaves in there. It has to be green tea flavor, which is just it's the ridiculous. Food is so processed, and this is another good point, but it's a you know side side issue. But yeah, the food uh, our soil is depleted, right? So we're not getting the nutrients and vitamins in our food anymore, and then the natural flavors are put in there because the food is so processed that, um, you know, well, this is one of the reasons the food is so processed. There's that no taste. Some type of flavoring with, like, yeah, MSG and all this other crap. Natural flavors. What did I see recently that was like, oh, a chocolate bunny from, uh, I had leftover from Easter that, that I didn't eat, of course. It was a Godiva, which is supposedly, you know, decent chocolate. So I looked on the back of it, you know, it's like milk chocolate, blah, 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 like two other sugar, whatever. And then um, the third third was natural flavor or something. And I thought, you just said, you know, the first ingredient was, ch- why do you need natural fl- flavors <laughs> in, in chocolate? Board? All you need is, a, if you want it to be There's, sweet, you just need a little sugar. You don't need anything else. It's just cacao. Why, it's chocolate. It has flavor already. Why would you, the first ingredient was chocolate. Why would you have natural flavors in it? Well, we know why. But these morons that eat the shit don't know why. Nor, nor do people care. I mean, see, there's a, there's a problem with like why I can't I can't date or have many friends because people are like, oh, dude, it's just a slice of pizza. 
You know, it's 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 just it's just this, it's just that, it's just a restaurant. It's like, no, it's not just any of that. You're eating poison. And I'm not going to subject my health to that lifestyle so I can converse with somebody in public. It's outrageous. I'm not going to poison myself. If some girl got me a chocolate like that, I'd have to be nice and be like, I'm not going to eat that. Why, why are you eating that? Oh, you were mean to me. No, I care about your health. I'm not going to eat that trash. What is that? Get that the hell out of here. I'll make you some chocolate. I'll make real chocolate homemade. You know, no, yeah. they, they want the Godiva. Go. They want the Godiva because the fat woman on the on the Godiva, you know, commercial told them that you know you're only a, a, a an independent woman if you eat this chocolate. Right. Yeah. Exactly. More of this, this brainwashing programming, a, aka TV program programming. Yeah. I mean, it's right there in front of you. Where you see you know, TV you, programs programming. You see, like the supermodel. And she breaks open, I don't know if it's Godiva, maybe it's the Dove, where they break. she breaks open that chocolate layer on the ice cream, and then there's like caramel, and then the ice cream is below, and she takes a bite of it with lipstick on at like midnight, you know, because she's wearing full makeup at midnight eating ice cream yeah. as yeah. a supermodel, right? Now, you know who's really eating that? That woman that was dancing in that ice cream commercial you told me about. That, that's that's who's up there. In, yeah, I mean, God, dude, you got to look at that commercial. It's called Halo Ice Cream. Uh, maybe there's a YouTube. Let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. Okay, it's called Halo. It's like a, it looks like a Hispanic woman like dancing around in a bra and panties in an apartment building, and this old lady's like watching her, like disgusted, and she's like, "Oh, I don't care," and she's like eating ice. And she looks at the lady and she just smiles and eats ice cream. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's Halo Ice Cream, Halo Top. Eat the ice cream. There's an old lady in like white. Yeah, that might be it. But it's uh, oh no 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 no! I found it. I found it. I found it. Hold on, this is it. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Oh God! (laughs) I shouldn't lose weight, is what it says. What was that, Mike? I said yeah. It was pretty loud, but go ahead. Wow, those those boobs are gonna pop out. I should work out more. I should eat more salads. I should skip dessert. Yeah, so the old lady wasn't, she's looking at her. The old lady wasn't even making fun of her. She's looking over like, what the hell is that? That's a whale flopping for air. And then this woman's like, well, you know, she turns her head like, Psh, I can eat whatever I want. Watch me do this. Yeah, watch me make myself even fatter. It's just like that Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola commercial. Um, let's see if I can find that one. Uh, Listen, I mean, if you're listening out there and you're overweight, we don't hate, we don't hate you. That's not, that's not the point of this at all. We're saying there's an agenda, uh, and, a, and I don't know your individual uh, health background, but I'm saying for the most part, if you're overweight, you know, especially obese, there's uh, a multitude of health risks involved. And for a person, and then for a TV commercial promoting an unhealthy lifestyle, it's, just, it's the same if it wasn't like an alcohol commercial. And the guy's a complete drunk, and he goes home and he beats his family. And it's, uh, <laughs> and you see him take a uh, fucking Jack Daniels bottle down, and it's, uh, thanks Jack Daniels, and it's a Jack Daniels commercial. It's the same thing. It is. It is exactly the same thing. 
And, and, and I wouldn't even say fat or skinny because skinny people can be unhealthy, really unhealthy too. Exactly, yeah. We said, I, that. We said that on the beginning of the show, yeah. Please, I, I, just use common sense. I, I think it's just poor decisions where you don't take care of yourself. And you don't have to be, you don't have to be a, 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 an image of perfection, but when here's the thing. Commercials used to be about telling people, look, if you want to have this product, check it out, you know. They'll do guerrilla advertising. They'll tell you how many flavors they have. And they'll be like, if you, if you like this ice cream, you know, aisle three in your local grocery store. Check it out if you want, you know. And it used to be companies would tell people, you know, it's, it's, it's your fault for being fat because we have, uh, we have no hand in that. We, we make the poison, but it's you that eats it. And that is true, but the companies are also deceptive yeah. in manipulating the customer. Right, Mike? Oh, for sure. Yes. Now it sure. now it's changed to enormous Latino women. I couldn't tell if those were boobs or that was a stomach that was flopping up and down. Who's di- she had like five rolls in her back between her bra and her and her underwear. I don't even know how that is allowed by the FCC. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It just blew my mind. This commercial. It was just. And then again, again, I would say, you know, is this racist because the, it's a minority woman who. Uh, you know, poor minority uh, right. people are obese uh, because of the not good diets and nutrition because uh, fast food is cheap for poor people. Exactly. So is this, is, this, is, this, is this a racist commercial? I don't know. Maybe we should write the, the or try to get a hold of the company on, on, on the telephone and do it on, on air and see if they answer our questions <laughs> if, they're, if this is a racist uh commercial i mean yeah it would be like having a commercial for kfc and you got some black guy eating the, in, in, in the fried chicken right yeah exactly it's, like and that, man and this he, chicken is like finger licking good it's finger licking good man i just had a cocaine test and i tested negative i came down here got some kentucky fried chicken come on man come on man i like i like his inflection like that's like his like is that his like a bonics kind of like ghetto slang and you know they all do that too like hillary clinton started to or was it elizabeth warren one of the two started like trying to like talk slang when they're talking to uh different uh ethnic groups like they're trying to like what is that what are you doing yeah you know are you trying to uh, it's to me that's racist T- totally. It's she. When they go up to like a northern state, they have the accent. Then they go to a southern state, they've got the accent. It's just so disgusting, and and so those political representatives, politicians, whatever you want to call them, they do the same thing that these companies are doing now. Now, rather than saying it's your fault, they're like, actually, it's not your fault. See, they're taking a different stance. The psychologists change the way that marketing works, and this is a recent phenomena. So what they're doing now is they're doing that fat Latino woman eating the ice cream, and they're doing stuff like this. A woman who isn't necessarily fat, but she's kind of chunky, and she's going to have a soda, and she's going to tell you, I don't really care what you do, man, but I'm going to have a soda, and if you want to have one, that's totally okay. Listen to this. Look, here's the thing about Diet Coke. It's aspartame. Poison. It's delicious. It makes me feel good. Life is short. If you want to live in a yurt, yurt it up. If you want to run a marathon, I mean, that sounds super hard, but okay. I mean, just do you, whatever that is. And if you're in the mood for a Diet Coke, have a Diet Coke. Yeah, just do you. If you keep drinking that Coke, nobody's going to do you. I guarantee you that. You know, you know, man, you would not want me as president. 
I would round up? that lady. I would I would round <laughs> that lady up, and you would never see her again. I, I, because I, I always... what, she, what she's doing, and she knows it's bullshit. What she's doing is selling a lie that can hurt you physically and mentally, exactly, and spiritually. Of what she of what she's, uh, and she knows it, and, and that's fake kind of uh, you know acting that she's doing. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't see her again. See, that's that's going to be something I imagine. Hopefully, in forty years from now, there are going to be similar lawsuits against these companies, like with tobacco. And you know, if you if you put that into perspective, imagine a commercial with like a teenager smoking a cigarette, and they're like, "Man, I like smoking camels." And uh, let me tell you something: uh, if you don't want to smoke, that's cool. But if you want to smoke, just have a cigarette. It's all right. You know, give one to your kids. It's cool. I just, you know, nice and smooth. Man, I love me a camel, and that's the commercial. Can you imagine that? You can't do that. Like with the Jack Daniels. Yeah, a guy drinks, and he gets in the car and drives home, beats beats his wife. You know, he's got to be Irish, of course. What about what about these fat women that are telling people, yeah, it's totally cool to eat ice cream, dance around in your underwear naked, and then, you know, you want to live in a yurt, live in a yurt, but if you want a Diet Coke, it tastes good. It tastes good. So so basically what they're saying, Mike, is along with it this— It tastes good. Uh, no, it does not taste good. No, no, it it does not taste good. You're right. This is the nature of modern warfare. You look at this Yale University clinicaltrials.gov report, and they're telling people that that are in the medical industry and that are in media. This is how you convince people. You tell them it's effective. If that doesn't work, you say you'll get your personal freedom freedom back if you take the vaccine. If that doesn't work, you tell them well you'll you'll get your economic freedom back. And then they tell them in another one of these points, they say, if you get vaccinated against COVID-19, it's the best way to present yourself, uh, prevent yourself from getting sick. They call that the self-interest message. If they can't convince you of that, they turn the in- listen to this. They turn the individual self-interest argument into the community collective argument where they tell you getting a vaccine is the best way to keep the community safe. And then it just goes on and on. There's a guilt message. What will happen if you don't get vaccinated? Other people could get sick. And it says embarrass people. Embarrass people. The best way to protect other people from getting vaccinated, uh, other, pe- uh, other people, is by getting vaccinated and by working together to make sure that enough people get vaccinated. And then it asks the participant to imagine the embarrassment they will feel if they don't get vaccinated and spread the disease. Even if that were true, asshole, how can you prove that I spread the disease? They're sick in their own words in CNN articles because they're obese, not because I didn't get vaccinated. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, that's uh, straight Nazi propaganda. Uh, MK Ultra type of, uh, I mean, they, they have all that information. They pulled those scientists. They know how to manipulate the masses. Uh, I mean, shit. Uh, diamond rings weren't really even popular until Hollywood made them. They started, these diamond companies started paying actors and actresses to wear diamond rings uh, and to promote diamonds in the Hollywood film industry. I think uh, in the 30s, 40s, or something like that. Some, And uh, so these Hollywood people were wearing the diamonds and like, Oh, you got it. You know, and that's where the diamond, uh, the diamond, I wouldn't say fad, the diamond, whatever, uh, you know, came diamond industry in the yeah. U S kind of started to boom. And women were like, 
you know, uh, through Hollywood, the man is expecting me to buy a diamond ring. Or, you know, that's where that came from. It, it, it came is. straight from Hollywood. It is. It's the same thing with white lab coats. That's all Madison Avenue propaganda in the 1920s with Edward Bernays. And this whole idea that women should be fully in the workforce and never at home. That's all Rockefeller paid for propaganda to break apart the family structure. That's why Black Lives Matter, which is funded by the same ideological cults, says on their website their goal is to break the nuclear family. Why would a group of people that support the black community want to break apart the family? In black communities, the family has already been devastated. Why would you want to proceed further in breaking apart the black family or any family for that matter? This is so sinister, but it's also so simple to understand when you know the method of manipulation. That's it, Mike. You have any final words? Uh, I would just tell people to, uh, I think it's going to get even crazier. Uh, They're saying there's 24, 25 uh, unnamed storms out there. I think uh, they might do some uh, geoengineering to uh, just cause Trump some more stress of maybe a, a massive hurricane hitting a couple of cities. I don't push uh, it past them to do that. I think for the month of September and October that you should go out right now, make sure you have enough toilet paper, uh, water, ammo, uh, some just basic necessities, um, maybe even a, a generator if you uh, can get one solar power generator of some sorts because I, I really think uh, the shit's going to hit the fan here. I think they're pulling out uh, all assets deployed to make sure that Trump is not reelected. And so we have two months where we're actually three, you know, if you want to count August, but I really think September, October, you're just going to see straight chaos and to be prepared for it. There's my tips. Enjoy. M- Mike, D- Mike D's corner. All right, Mike, we're on the way out here. We're going to play this montage I made a couple of months ago called The Obese Giant. And play this for everybody listening. I think you should come back and we should do a whole show on advertising and food companies. How does that sound? Love to do that. And perhaps also a show in the near future on uh, the love and light phenomenon that I keep hearing people love say now. Light. Love and light to you. Love uh, and light. A, a complete lie. And programming, and we can talk about that. And hey. if you do kick the bucket from here uh, until that show, do not go into the light. That's my, hey. my message to you. Hey, you should take responsibility for your life. No, man, love and light. Love and light. So, Matt, these blood tests are going to show you the damage that you've been doing to your body. And my hope is that it will incentivize you to finally lose some of this disgusting weight you've put on. This is ridiculous, dude, okay? We've been through this, okay? I'm cultivating mass. Stop saying that. You are not cultivating mass. And if you are, stop cultivating and start harvesting. Get up. Two studies out today that draw the same disturbing conclusion. Americans are not winning their battle against obesity. Now, obesity is a bigger problem now than starvation. It's like, we should have a party in the street for that, right? There's more fat people than there are starving people. <laughs> KC card in here now. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Here's the bottom line. 107 million Americans are morbidly, almost morbidly, depending on the chart you look at, obese. That's a pandemic. 0.000-something percent of people kind of getting sick is not a pandemic. This is a pandemic, and this is something that you can take control of. 
Mike, thanks for joining us on the show. Our bodies are not well adapted to the food environment we're in. There's a, there's a disconnect now between still there, Mike. What we evolved to like. Yes, thank you. Thanks. Yep. Hopefully, uh, you guys got some knowledge and entertainment from the show. Absolutely. You have a good night, Mike. Bye-bye. Bye. You know where that come from? Watching that damn TV. Every time you turn it on, they got somebody in there talking about lose weight, get healthy, get in shape. Yeah, everybody looking all anorexic, talking about that's healthy. I know what healthy is. I'm healthier than you, bro. Well, I, I wouldn't exactly say you're healthy. You have type 2 adult onset diabetes. I'm Wilfred Brimley, and I like diabetes. Type 2 adult onset diabetes? I'm Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, and you are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.